Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about role-playing games ranging from the world of darkness to MMORPGs like EVE Online and everything in between. We broadcast live over Twitch and are open to answering questions during the show. Today, however, uh, today we will be talking about one of my favorite e- or favorite video games, EVE Online, a science fiction MMORPG. In this game, you become an immortal pod pilot that allows you to control the most powerful spaceships in all of the galaxy. Um, activities include market manipulation, spaceship combat, player versus player, player versus environment, spaceship combat, mining, exploration, empire building, pirating, and just much, much more. Um, as well as creating podcasts and, and crazy stuff because I'm your host, Frozen Fallout. Uh, today we have a really special guest on here, Matterall, host and creator of the Talking in Stations, um, a podcast all about the crazy universe, about EVE Online. How is space treating you these days, Matterall? It's really cold out there. Uh, it's good. We're doing great, all of us, uh, talking in stations. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, how'd you get into Eve Online originally? What was what was kind of the path for you to get into this crazy game that uh, that we all call home? Yeah. So, I was playing. Um, <clears throat> I'll actually go far back. I played um, video games kind of as a kid but they were just barely being developed uh, at the time and I kind of stopped doing all that until I was older and in, in my uh, own situation uh, basically had my own place and all that stuff and my my uh, <clears throat> friend said you should play or I bought a computer and it came with a video games so all of a sudden I was like oh yeah video games you know because I've been interested in other things before that so I started playing like I played Diablo I played um, uh Metal Gear Solid and even a Zelda game or something. So I was only playing like three or four games and they were all classics now, if you think about it. So I was just like, these video games really have something going that's amazing. I was working in film at the time, so I was very interested in entertainment. Uh, And so when I played video games, I just thought like, yeah, these have totally matured since I was a kid. So so then I forgot about video games again and was doing career stuff. And then I started working at an ad agency and uh, this uh, guy that that I worked with was like, hey, do you want to play this MMO? And I'd read about MMOs, but I didn't know what they were at Mm -hmm. all. So then I was like, yeah, I've heard about this, but I don't know what it is or how do I, you know, where where do I put my quarter? (laughs) Right. You've been in the single player universe, you know, in in council universe. Did you even play like video games on a computer at all? Uh, just those, th- you're just right. the Diablo, just, like... just the Diablo one was. Yeah. And that was because my nephew said I should probably play it because I would like the art <laughs> it's direction. A, or it's something. a great like, game to play. So <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. The music and the immersion. And I was just like, there's something here. So when, uh, my, f- my friend at work said, Hey, try this game. It was called star Wars galaxies. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'll try that. And I was like, you know, boom, lag fest. I couldn't see anything. And um, <clears throat> he's like, yeah, get away from the city. That's, you know, whatever. So this was in the infancy of video games. That was 2003 or 2004. Uh, infancy of MMOs, I guess. And it turns out that the, just the, the communication wasn't there yet. Like the, the high speed internet wasn't quite there yet. Uh, so things mm-hmm. were laggy, uncomfortable. And so you needed to spread out to kind of play it. 
and it had some graphics. I played that game um, because, like, Ultima Online was one of my first original uh, MMORPGs that I played, and they had a lot of lag problems. Um, but I feel like Star Wars Galaxy had a lot more because there's more going on. Um, there's just there's more to the graphics and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the graphics were really high. They weren't cartoony, so they were kind of serious, and I and I that appealed to me. But yeah, you would rubber band like crazy. Um, but it hit me that. If I saw like, you know, a big buffalo type creature running in the distance that I could run and catch up to it <laughs> and then kill it and eat it and all that too. But, you know, I could interact with it and I was, I was stunned at how expansive uh, the world was and that everybody else in it was real. And that when I went to sleep, the world continued, unlike Dungeons and Dragons, where a dungeon master goes to sleep and the world shuts down for goes into hibernation mm -hmm. so there's something here it was uh it was oh i forget what the word is but it's and it's almost like a virtual world that is inhibited whether inhabited whether you're there or not mm -hmm. and yep. that appealed to me too so i played that and kind of got into it but i was never um so into it it was always very casual because again i'm doing other stuff and um, <clears throat> I think something happened and I decided to try to, to try to do it right. I guess I got just hooked at a certain point, but it was like maybe three or four years after I'd started playing. And uh, so I just started like organizing a group and organizing people and creating events for people and just, you know, writing down bylaws and just organizing people. And, uh, and then I was like, whoa, way into it. And uh, decided I, I needed to stop. So I needed to play something that was, you know, I like this virtual world idea, but I needed to play something that was a lot less time consuming. Mm -hmm. So I picked EVE Online. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> interesting, uh, interesting jump there. <laughs> yeah. Had no idea what I was doing. It's like, you know, it's like going from a pedestrian level weed addiction to crack, you know, it was like, but yeah. I liked it because it was professional level stuff, so I could it, I could respect myself. It looks professional, you know. It's got corporations and the whole market and the whole you know like there's a, there was an Eve Economist. What what was the the time period that was about that you that you jumped into? Two thousand two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight is when I started. Okay. Yep. Two thousand nine. So, did they have the Economist at that at that point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Captain, uh, Captain, uh, Professor, was it Q? Uh, e, E, I think it was. He had some letter of the alphabet, but he was there talking about the economy. True economist, uh, I think you've heard Hilmar say that he said uh, he was talking to this guy trying to convince him to join. And actually, that was one of the draws that pulled me in. I heard they had a full-time economist, and I was like, that sounds cool. Uh, but Hilmar said that he talked to the guy and said, hey, why don't you look at this? This is kind of like an economy. And the, and the professor said, no, that's an economy. And uh, and. And so he joined up and became the uh, economist, like the professional economist for Eve Online's economy. Those kinds of things that sit out there are very powerful ideas about the game. They're very strong recruitment tools. Absolutely. So on one level, people say, let's just play this game and pew, 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 and all this other stuff. And that is totally fine, but you're playing a video game and that's okay. Um, on another level, there is, you know, what I call anthropology, which is how do people react in certain situations? What are their motivations? Where are their conflicts? 
how do people treat each other in good times and in bad and these kinds of things. And I was very interested in a lot of that kind of stuff. And EVE Online has that in spades. So it's an expansive game. And I think you rattled off like six or seven or eight professions and that doesn't even begin to cover it. Right, oh, no, yeah, it, it's like, yeah. It, I was like, when I was writing it down, I was like, oh, I'll just do like a crazy <laughs> rattle off of it and just be like, and much, much more because it's just, it, I really <laughs> yeah. wanted to emphasize how it's like, you know, you kind of start off, it's like, oh yeah, market manipulation, that's kind of weird spaceship combat oh yeah that's kind of sounds like mining exploration like it's like empire building wait a minute okay so you're starting to get to like yeah. some pretty you know and it's just, and, yeah. and my favorite profession pirating it, i i wish it was used to be kind of like a, the golden days when you could yeah. really ransom and pirate people yeah. but now now it's just all about the kill mail but I, i'm still I, okay I love, with that <laughs> i love pirating and i lament how it's changed over the years because there was a real richness of choices that you used to have right like let me disable this guy's ship well now i've got him pinned now i want money out of him so i'm going to ransom him and is he tricking me by stalling me so his friends come and rescue him or um, you know, is he legit captured and uh, he's in his cargo, he has something that's priceless that I sh should know about, but I don't because I haven't scanned a ship down. There's just a ton of different things to think about when you captured somebody. Uh, and then and then you have to decide like after they pay you if, if you feel like you want to kill him anyway. And uh, I always thought that was, I always admired pirates uh, like Veroni, right? <clears throat> who who actually worked for CCP later on, but in early in his career, he was a pirate, but he was always honorable. And all his guys were honorable. And if they weren't, he dressed them down and kicked them out and stripped them of all their, you know, earnings. So absolutely. honorable pirates, love them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so what was the, did you get into pirating right away? Or what was the, the first activity that you kind of got into when you got into EVE? No, when I first got into Eve, it was, uh, I, you know, I'd read a lot about it, researched it kind of, uh, my friend kept trying to get me in since like 2006, but I was resisting it because I, you know, could barely handle one game at a time. Uh, but when I finally did join, I uh, was just aware that you were up for grabs anywhere you were. So people could kill you at any time. So I did a, my first mission, I like to re remember this because I remember the intensity of the feelings, but I was in a little Bantam or something, or a little tiny little frigate starter ship. And it said, go mine some rocks. And so I went to go mine them. And, you know, you go to, to a beacon and then you have to kind of like slow boat up to the rock, within, get within range and start mining it and then fill up your cargo and then go back and turn that in. It's a very simple proposition. And I did that. But as I was uh, mining, I was realizing somebody just appeared on my overview and my radar and I was starting to freak out because I thought, what's that guy doing here? I'm, you know, he shouldn't be here. And then he starts moving towards me and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, he's coming for me. I better finish up. But I, my laser was going and I needed one more cycle to finish. And I was like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And I started feeling like a sense of panic and dread and excitement. And then my cycle finished and I flew off and I was like, evaded that guy you know and then i turned in my rocks and i realized he was just doing the same mission i was <laughs> you know he was in a little frigate but that powerful feeling of cat and mouse being the mouse is pvp too mm -hmm. and uh so i think for me when i participate in 
PvP. It's not to hunt. I'm not the hunter. I'm the prey. And I like to get away. And I take it personally if I get killed. I am offended if I get killed. So my whole experience with pirates has been to avoid them, to understand them, to know their techniques, and to get past them. And uh, But I was never a pirate. It's just not my style of, uh, of playing the game. But I totally admire them, especially the ones with honor, I thought was... That's a step above, it's a step above, uh, because at that point, if you're embracing the idea of not putting a check mark on your killboard or of griefing somebody that you just lied to, like if you have that kind of character, I'm interested in that. What, mm -hmm. what prevents you from, from being uncivilized? No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, interesting. So have you ever been ransomed, uh, before? Have you ever oh, yeah. had... <laughs> So have you ever famously had, so famously so yeah uh, I'll, I'll tell you this story it's uh so if you've ever heard i matter all by the way it's because uh that was a caricature of a conversation i had with snuff who'd caught me on a fake fortizar in a jump freighter with an 11 billion isk module in my hull and nothing else so it was a very embarrassing catch for me um and I'll tell you that whole story, but, uh, it's, this is also cause yeah. Anyway, f you know, uh, I'll just tell you the story. I was in talking in stations at the point, at that point, talking in stations was part of Imperium, uh, Imperium news network. Mm -hmm. And I was a big deal there. I'm kind of a big deal around here. I would think to myself. And so when, um, one of my staff members was in a wormhole group and she was getting evicted and it was a big famous eviction fight that was going on <clears throat> this is uh the fight of hydra and uh that's the name of the wormhole and this was uh Pospi that was uh being evicted by like hard knocks and other groups i think it was hard knocks or actually it might have been a different group so let me just say somebody was evicting her and i thought like hey she's one of my crew members and you know she's she's important to me so i should flex and I said, let me see if I can get some people to help defend your space. And so I contacted people and said, hey, uh, and I, you know, I mostly knew Nullsec people, but I was like, hey, can you, um, you know, scramble a fleet or can, can you put together a fleet, please, and help out one of my people? And they're like, you know, you're asking a lot because Nullsec guys don't do well in wormholes. They got to stay there for three days. They got to guard the entrances. Uh, and, you know, it's not that fun for them. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so you're asking a lot and it was just like, of course I am. Why didn't I realize that? So I thought I can't do that. Take that off the list. And, and, but I was really mad because I was like, I do so much for you guys. I surface all your, uh, you know, your faces on our program. I talk to you about what you're doing. I promote you. I do all these other things and you can't do me a favor of helping defend one of my crew members. It is, you know, I was totally uncalibrated uh, as to what my actual position was so then i so i was already in a bad mood so i started doing things fast and i was like look i can't i can't get you a fleet sorry but what i can do is i can get you whatever you need material wise so i became a gun runner and i like this because it was kind of role play-ish so i packed a, a jump freighter or two actually full of um uh battleships they were the macarials right at the time they were like what you wanted to have lots of damage fast could you know sl small mass could get them into a wormhole easy 
that kind of stuff. So I packed them in, but I needed a freighter to put them into. Uh, so I was like, where are my jump freighters? Oh, well, I was in NC dot at the time. So they were in uh, tribute. So I started moving characters around really fast and I didn't realize jumped an NC dot character in a jump freighter to a fake Fortizar because I parked in it and I lived in the neighborhood, so I knew it. But since I'd been gone, they put a fake one up and it was called the exact same thing. And I parked in it and it looked right. Everything looked correct. So I undocked and lit the Sino, jumped to it, tried to, land, tried to park my jump freighter and it wouldn't let me park. And I thought, you know, I was hitting my computer like, what's going on here? What's wrong with this? Why isn't it working? I had no idea that I had jumped to a fake one. And sure enough, a Rorkel like lands next to me and I'm like, well, this is unexpected. What are you mining around here? Because <laughs> <laughs> clueless. And then it grapples me and I'm thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, Stop. this is, yeah, this is a, a legit free port. And so they start, uh, then all of a sudden I see like, you know, ships coming in and, and I thought something's wrong here. So I say, oh, I looked and it was snuff of course and i'm thinking like snuff's gonna kill me because they kill everything they, they're they literally would eat their own tail if it got in front of them so at that point i decided like i'm dead so what i'll do is try to stall for a little bit of time so i'll engage this guy in conversation and i'll act as pompous as possible to keep them going because that's gold to them and so i'm like look here why have you got me trapped i demand you let me go and i started to really like lay into it and in the meantime, I'm like, you know, really quickly, kill a bee, you know, get a fleet <laughs> over to this place, you know, <laughs> as quickly as possible. Because, you know, NC Dot's one jump away. And, and kill a bee writes me back a few minutes later and he's like, what are you in? And I said, a, a jump freighter. And he goes, I can't, <laughs> I can't get a fleet to save a jump freighter. Like, just die quietly is, is what he was saying, you know. And I'm like already like halfway into my uh, speech with this guy. But then I decided psychologically, I had an opportunity to do a couple things. One was to, uh, first of all, I was kind of savoring the moment, but one was to, um, to basically see, remember I talked to you about how much I like pirates that were honorable. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we want 5 billion from you basically. And I thought I'm going to, pay that because to me it was like five cents right like it wasn't it wasn't a lot of money to me mm -hmm. it's a lot of money to a lot of other people and i kind of knew that that was the second aspect of like wow this is a chance for me to flex and show that i have a ton of wealth like you know so i was like fine you know here's five billion and what i wanted to do was two things one is to have the topic of yes honorable pirates are dead you know because i just paid this guy a lot of money and he still didn't let me go um, and then the second thing was to show everybody like that wasn't a lot of money to me, which was kind of conceited and a little bit arrogant. But, you know, at this point, I'm very mad. I'm defended. And I already told you, I don't like being killed. But I paid the money and I said, look here, uh, young man, I work very closely with Matani. And, you know, you are in the Imperium. And so you must respond to Matani. And the other thing was to also show snuff didn't give a shit about the imperium <laughs> didn't give a shit about the matar you know but to kind of show like yeah snuff's not really in the imperium they're just kind of borrowing you know some some crabbing land so they could build some supers which they happen to be using today um this is back in 2017 i think and I, basically 
so I say, you know, that, and then I say, well, look here, if that doesn't work for you, you know, the person that owns all these free ports, you know, I'm, I work very closely with him too. His name is Pfeiffer. And at this point, I'm kind of role-playing. And by now I got the answer. Killaby's not sending anybody to save me, whatever. Uh, and so then they're like, okay, we'll let you go. Just uh, jump out of the freighter. And I was like, no, you'll have to kill me. I'm just going to die in the freighter because I'm not going to give you that. Because that's just embarrassing, right? Right. Paying five billion and saying, blah, it's a small fee. You know, it shows you're wealthy, but just undocking and having them steal your jump freighter that's just embarrassing doesn't matter how rich you are so that was a no win so i was like all right just kill me so they did and uh, when they killed me i looked at the uh, kill mail and there was this 10 11 actually billion isk damage control module that was on my titan and <laughs> the funny thing was i put it on the titan and then i quickly realized that it didn't work with the fit that nc was running with so i took it off and put it somewhere so I just left it in the cargo of that one jump freighter that I thought was empty uh, but I then when I you know Titans all configured I realized I couldn't find that module because it wasn't in my inventory it was in a freighter so for about five months I was really mad at myself for misplacing a you know 11 billion isk module so I was I'd been running with that guilt for a long time. So when it blew up and then there it was, my immediate reaction was, oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, thank God I didn't lose it. <laughs> I was like, I was thrilled that I finally found it and I didn't lose it. So I wasn't an idiot after all. <laughs> that was my happy ending about that. So yes, pirates caught me, they ransomed me, and then they didn't do what they said they would do. Yeah, yeah, I do feel like that is that is the nature of Eve these days. Um, I did I did have a uh, the one time that I ended up ransoming was when I was on a gate with a with a hurricane and it was at the like bare minimum uh, and the the money was sent over like seconds before he died, and oh. it, and so I definitely gave his money right back to him. he was pissed oh, he was like cool. you know it's like 200 million or something like that and i was i was totally gonna let him go but i wasn't gonna let him go until that money got to me and i was literally in structure and he was he was literally in structure as well and i'm like i don't know if i can even kill you at this point so i'm i'm gonna keep this you know going on because if i let off at all then this is that's the end of it you're i'm you're out of here and not gonna pay me the money uh, uh, and so, but he, he paid me the money. And so I, sh I shot it right back over to him. It was like, totally sorry. <laughs> I shot it right back over to him. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's nice of you. That is honorable. You know, I try, I try, you know, that's if, if I give a ransom, that's definitely, I don't, I don't normally ransom because it's hard to be in a position these days, especially where I fly in like Tama and stuff. It yeah. just, there's too much going on. You know, I'm, I'm just going to get the kill and a, go. And there's nobody problem. really, you know, yeah. flying industrial ships that i'd be <laughs> yeah yeah and there's a real problem in that negotiation it's just not i've actually written to uh, ccp about it saying like you need better choices a person should be able to enter into a contract so there's no like sneaky stuff like you're you're like look we want you know you have five seconds to initiate a contract and that contract comes up the money gets filled in they hit enter and now you're like you know paid and then you can let them go so that way there's less guesswork as to what you know what's going on i think it would be kind of interesting to be able to do something like that 
I think it'd be hard to implement, but it would be, and there would be always a workaround to a certain degree, because I could see, like, everybody that signs onto the contract, you know, automatically goes to, you know, not being able to, you know, gets jammed or whatever to that one character, so they can't lock that character anymore. But then you could always just not have somebody sign the contract and, you know, have that guy, you know, and it would only last and for, like, five seconds or whatever, you know, enough to... Yeah. To, to zoom away but then you also have you know oh i got away but then i caught you on the next gate so <laughs> oh one one other story by the way that guy that caught me in the jump freighter uh after he killed me by the way i was on an alt so nobody knew who i was i could have died quietly and that just would have been nothing but i was like hey i'm Matterall, right Matterall, by the way and so so of course he made a t-shirt and he went to fan fest and he was wearing the t-shirt with the whole like picture and dialogue uh but I didn't make it to that fan fest. Otherwise, I would have signed it for him. <laughs> Which is weird because people ask me for my autograph at uh, conventions. And I'm like, well, my real name is this. And that's what I know how to sign. I don't know how to sign Matterall. I mean, you could <laughs> sign Matterall and it would be just as skilled. You know, it's not actually my signature. So that was kind of weird. But there was a second Jump Freighter incident. I'll make this one shorter. But I was, again, going, doing things very quickly through alts. And I ended up flying a jump freighter from Amar into the south uh, on the wrong character. This was an actually NC dot character again. And I had just joined. So this was a long time ago. And I got caught on a gate and I'm thinking, how did I get caught? I'm in high sec. And I had all my stuff because I was moving my stuff, uh, some stuff to a certain deployment. Uh, so I had about 8 billion ISK at the time. It was a lot. And somebody catches me and I'm like, what am, what's going on here? And I realize I'm in the wrong character. And so he starts shooting me and I was just like, God, I just am going to this deployment. I'm going to get yelled at by my corp. This is awful. And so I get up and I, you know, hit my foot on the table. And I, I hit my arm on the table and take off and, because I think the doorbell was ringing as I was getting shot. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. So then I answer the door. I have a full 10 minute conversation with somebody at the door and I come back expecting to be in the station and I'm still floating in space in my jump freighter but I'm all red bars to the very sliver of the end. And the guy's hailing me, you know, communicating with me. And he's all, hey, if you eject, uh, I will, uh, you know, I'll, uh, it'll spare you the embarrassing kill mail, NC dot. And that made me think like, is this an NC dot guy? Is that why he's sparing me? Like, <laughs> you know, cause they hunt too. Uh, so he might be killing my, my character. And so I was like, wait a minute. If I undock, and I tried it, and so as soon as I undocked, the entire jump freighter just exploded. And I was like, what just happened there? And I had figured out that when I, when I, un, when I jumped out of my jump freighter, my skills no longer applied to the ship. <laughs> and so it was under, uh, so my skills were the only thing keeping that thing alive. So when I ejected from that ship, that ship had a negative hull it was just exploded and all my stuff exploded too um and i look at the i looked and there was no kill mail so there's no record anything ever happened and nc dot never knew that i lost a jump freighter full of stuff <laughs> it's weird so here's my tip to people if you're in a ship and it's a big enough ship where skills apply uh and you eject at the very last second it will self-destruct the ship instantly and you will not see a kill mail that sorry is, pirates that is interesting <laughs> yeah uh so 
how how did you get involved into to getting into uh, talking in stations and, and creating um, such an awesome you know podcast that's uh, kind of thank you grown to you know be what I, I as I feel is like one of the cornerstones of Eve Media that's out there um, you know thank that you. at least I see yeah um, thanks well you know what it's like to put on a podcast uh, <laughs> and to do this to do it live and. Uh, you know, do it with cameras. It's a whole different game than it used to be. Um, so what drove me to it was I started before all this uh, when it was just a podcast. So you would record on a mic and um, you could do it any time of the day. And then you would take that and you would produce it. You'd cut out the, the silent parts and, you'd, you know, clean up the sound and all that sort of stuff. It was just a natural extension of what I was already doing before that. I was actually a writer for... Um, first freelance then Eve News 24 um, I was also an editor at Eve News 24 so I was building up other writers sometimes I would write articles and for other people you know just give them the article they'd earn the money I didn't really care because I just liked writing about the game so I was just going through I wrote like 150 articles in a few months and I would write stuff that was not just like hey here's my opinion on you know how to destroy a jump freighter it was more like uh, here's the origin story of the Alliance tournament was my first article. You know, it's like absolutely very good story, detailed stuff, you know, with research done. And I, you know, scour archives and find the video of the actual incident. And it was like, I think when I turned in my first few articles, the uh, owner of Eve News 24 was like, oh, my God, it's a historian. <laughs> it was like, and I realized now what he meant. It meant like, this guy's a researcher. Mm -hmm. This guy looks into things. He doesn't just say, here's my opinion. He like looks into it and he keeps his opinion out. And and that's a whole different type of writer in Yvonne. Uh, so that was, I started writing a lot. And then I thought, I had a lot of fans from Imperium side. or They CFC, they were in Imperium, I think, at the time. But I had a lot of fans from there. They would write like, I'm Imperium, but I write. And that was unusual at Eve News 24. So so I started feeling like, oh, I see it. It's because I write about Eve things and everybody can find that interesting. I'm not coming from a perspective of like my tribe. And so mm -hmm. a lot of people started to like it that were not typical uh, you know, readers, CCP started to like it. They noticed it. They invited me to speak uh, at eVegas, which I did uh, like three occasions. And it was like I was um, helping them kind of promote the game. And that felt very natural because I really liked this game. And um, I think at that point, there was a moment where I was like, let me talk to this, like, you know, uh, the Matani. And I, I always end up bringing up his name because he's kind of pivotal in a, a lot of things historically, but also in, in my career, mm -hmm. because all I wanted to do was say, Hey man, you're in charge. What's that like? What's, what's that like emotionally? And, you know, as a human, as one human to another, cause I'm an adult and you're an adult, like, what's it like to have so many people depend on you? And so I approached him. Well, he, he he did something. He's he heard my name and he was behind me in line. We we're getting in, and he's like, "Matterall, I know that name. You're the only good writer at Eve News 24," which cracks me up because it's exactly the way he's very precise in his language. In other words, he's like slapping Eve News 24, 
but he's kind of buttering you up at the same time. And it's his way of, of uh, working because he's trying to poach you, but he's not going to say anything. Not, he's, he's basically saying like, hey, girl, your boyfriend's ugly, you know, <laughs> but you're beautiful. Like, you know, and that's kind of how he works. So uh, I thought that was interesting. But when I tried to talk to him later in the convention, he wanted nothing to do with nothing. So it was like, in fact, he took the opportunity to literally berate me in front of other people. <laughs> I was sitting there saying like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute about, you know, the stuff that you do and all that? And he goes, you're from Even News 24. And then he just like started laying into me. Totally performance of power kind of stuff. And people were walking over and they would turn around and walk away because, you know, we're, you know, engaged in not a very friendly discussion. And it was very unusual at a fan fest to see people arguing. It just doesn't happen. Everybody's friendly and everybody's fine. But uh, I considered it a performance of power and I didn't take it personally at all. Because a bit later, I'm walking out and I'm on my way home and in and the entourage is not around. So I'll ask him one more time. And so I said like, hey, you know, I just wanted to ask, you know, just wanted to ask you. And he's like, he basically said like, well, you know, what, what will it take for you to work with us kind of thing? Because I think he wanted to uh, recruit me. And I was like, well, you know, I, I see that there are people from the other side that want uh, that like my writing and I would like a new to bet to build it, you know, talk to people that don't that I don't often reach. And so I would consider it, but I need to meet on, meet with you on a different level. Like it can't be this uh, I'm on one tribe and you're in the other kind of thing, because I'll never get past that. But if, you know, we're more similar in real life, then maybe we can meet up here and then the game's just a game and then I can work for you. Mm -hmm. And because I still have a lot of Gurgoon from, you know, not liking them from 2008 on so uh so yeah we talked politically we're very alike politically and so it's like okay and that's and that's kind of how we how i went over inn but i only meant to write like four or five articles and and then kind of retire and uh and then i got asked to be the news editor the news chief there for eve and then I was like, good, I can build this place. And I did build it. I felt that I recruited, there were people there, but it was very, very weak at the time. So it was, it was TMC still, but it was very weak at the time on the writing part of it. There's a few good writers, but they were just kind of burned out. So I spent the next two years just building up TMC. I transferred it over to INN to make it a appeal. I recruited in writers from you know, I got Gevlin Goblin to write on INN, you know, I got Iwan Isk to write for INN to make his announcements on INN. Uh, the Talking in Stations show was a natural development of the writing part of INN, which was, which was me and the people that I had brought in. So it was a natural conversion into taking all that knowledge and urgency uh, and putting it in a podcast form so that people could hear it too. Because uh, podcasts all of a sudden were making a comeback. They weren't that popular. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that, right? Like they weren't. Yeah, there was definitely a time period where, um, you know, that they, there was not a lot of like, I don't know. It kind of depends. I, a lot of my friends are drivers, people who like have to go places to, in order to do their tech work and stuff like that. So like oh, they'll yeah. be on the road for hours. So there's, some of my friends are like been into podcasts ever since, you know, they started driving type stuff. Um, but 
I didn't really know about podcasts until, I don't know, I feel like it was 2015 when I really started to get, it was, at Eve was really your, uh, it was uh, Fly Recklessly or, or uh, Reckless or um, what was that? There was like a... Yeah, Fly Reckless is one, but it might have been gone. You're probably Hydra. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. But in any case, it was Eve podcasts is when I really started looking into podcasts. And then my wife got me into a lot of uh, different kind of like uh, Darknet diaries. And uh, there's some really, oh. really cool uh, podcasts out there. That's all about like hackers and stuff like that and what they do. Oh, wild. Yeah. But it did. It, it made a comeback, didn't it? Because the podcast has been around a long time. And I don't know what happened, but I think it might have to do with Ira Glass and other radio voices like i used to listen to joe frank in the dark in los angeles and that was unbelievable stuff but that was like in the 90s and that was all radio but i think radio came into podcasts and that's probably what happened yep a lot of radio no I, absolutely i think that uh it's much better to do podcasts than radios especially if you if you have a base now, if you're starting from scratch like me, I mean, if I could get on a radio show, <laughs> I'd probably be more popular than what I'm doing yeah. here. Um, yeah. But it, it is, uh, you know, once you have, if you have any popularity um, or you build that up by doing kind of like what you've done, um, you you can definitely get to a lot more people about what you're talking about than, than radio these days. It's just, uh, you know, video killed the radio star. Not really, but uh, the podcast and, and the Internet killed the, the radio star, I think. That's what it's, really ended it, up happening. Yeah. It's really a strange twisting of uh, technology and especially the pipes, right? The communications there. The bandwidth is there now to have a video instead of sound. But anyway, the, the idea was that the, the uh, writing from what I was doing at INN rolled into the show where we could talk about what was going on and we would point at the map and we would say, you know, circle things and say, here's where they're headed. You know, this big move up is going. And we talk about, you know, we basically would do um, the news, but it was a round table of like Eve news people. And that's what we started. It wasn't the original intent, but it's what it formed into when it started. And that was five years ago, like in two weeks. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love how you have that kind of format of bringing in different people to talk about different um, things, but you still have like this large round table of, of people discussing stuff, which is, I don't I don't see a lot of that. Um, like, and one of the interesting things uh, a while ago, we had, um, you know, another podcaster on here from Mage the Podcast. He does a lot of stuff. Uh, but when he came on, it was me and my co-host um, talking to him and he's like, Oh, I, I'm not used to talking to two people at the same time. Usually, you know, it's this one-on-one -on -one with the one podcast. One, um, and I always found it interesting that your podcast is almost always like four to like six, seven, you know, people that you'll, you'll have a lot of people on there at once usually. Yeah, I'm interested in, I'm interested in points of view. Yeah, and... the competing, like, you know, like doing what Crossfire couldn't ever dream about doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bringing two opposing sides together and getting getting some substance i feel like a lot of the times yeah and making some news sometimes which is really odd uh because we had like scion who was the leader of the diplomacy of the imperium at the same t show we had uh eat who was the owner of the the uh iwan isk which is basically the iron bank of eve online at the time which is full of money and could hire as many mercenaries as it wanted to. And so you have the empire versus the mercenary financier on the same show. 
And here I am trying to broker uh, a peace deal. <laughs> I was like, what's it going to take for you to, you know, to tell the mercenaries to stand down? And, you know, is that something you can, you know, we're actually brokering this deal on the air, uh, you know, and at the same time, I'm wrestling with my mic because my mic is terrible. So it's like all these things going on at the same time. But that was funny. And that would be like making news. But most of the time it's like, hey, man. What do you think about this? And we don't ask the people who've been around for 20 years to comment. Uh, we ask people who are from different strata of EVE Online so that we can get a full idea of like the different ways of appreciating something. That's kind of where it's at. And that's how I got started. It rolled in from writing to being in charge of editing news uh, to then using the mediums and evolving with it. And so what you see in Talking in Stations is basically a living discussion it goes all the way back to when we were just writing articles and talk. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what, what do you do in EVE these days um, besides your talking and station stuff? Is there anything that you're currently active in doing? Actually, no. Yes and no. The uh, I'm in like three or four different things now that are I'm, I'm just like tipping my toe into it. Uh, at this point, I've done a lot of the things in EVE Online that, you know, that most people would, you know, have some kind of aspirational goal. Like I've kind of met all the aspirational goals. I've actually surpassed them in, in ways that I didn't even want to surpass them. So what I do now is look for novelty more than anything else. And for me, I'm, I've joined um, I've joined a mining gang in Hamatar space that is attached to Ashra Khan, a faction war group. So these are like, you know, um, how can I put this? It's like oppressed people that were slaves to the Amarian. Uh, I like, I like their whole like, um, you know, resist the power kind of thing going on there. And uh, these guys are called the Dam Dam Fam, and I'm kind of hanging out with them. Not as much as I I could, but I joined their mining competition the other day, and so funny. I joined the mining competition, and I was like. I think that's the first time I've seen a moon rock, you know, get ripped off the moon and start floating towards the refinery to be blown up. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first time I've ever seen that real time, like in <laughs> real life. So I was freaking out. I was like, I've been missing this. I know all about it. I've reported about it. I know every detail about it, but I have never seen it in the wild. So I just did it recently too, and I was like, it, it, I had that feeling too. I was like, wow, I, you know, like I see videos of this, but this is my giant laser going and cracking <laughs> open a huge moon. Like this is ridiculous. And then, and literally, I, I we crack the moon, and I go, this isn't the moon goo I was looking for. In fact, there's no moon goo here. I put it on the wrong moon. Oh well, we got oh, no. <laughs> we got other I things. Shot we the can... wrong moon. <laughs> yeah, but there's. So there's that. I'm also looking at um, wormhole space again. I was in one of the early uh, wormhole groups when it first came out, and it was kind of like a, you know, it was an undisciplined place. Later, it's got so professionalized, it's amazing what they do there. But when uh, I was in wormholes in 2009 when they came out uh, for about a year and a half, and I was never any good at it. I couldn't scan. So it's only now that I'm starting to look at going back into that. Um, there's a couple other things. There's an industrial group that I was a part of for a short time. And uh, I've been invited to, to a Spanish group in Providence that speaks only Spanish. And I'm, I'm thinking I would go there just to kind of speak in Spanish all day. Ooh, yeah, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. 
Yeah, yeah. why not? Increase, increase my vocabulary a bit. Yeah, that definitely can help out a lot. Um, I'm, I, I, I wish I could say that I want to learn Korean right now really bad because I just joined up with um, the, the Nisawa cartel recently. Um, who lives out of like Nisawa and in, in, in the Tama Black Rise area? And oh. if I could learn, I, I have Google Translate <laughs> helps out a whole bunch. And them knowing English, you know, that helps cut, out a lot. Helps out a lot of the barriers, but it's like there's a lot of chatter that I have to like. And I'm like, man, this would be a good opportunity for my life to be telling me, you know, you should learn a second language. You tried German for four years. And that's as good is about that's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> can't even say anything else. It has to be all English. The German accent. That's is good. What is that one? Schadenfreuden or Schadenfreuden? Delighting uh, in other people's misery. Whatever. Ooh, so I don't even, know that. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know that. If it, it was like my German teacher literally gave me an E for effort. She was like, "You tried. <laughs> if I dropped you in Germany, you'd figure it out." But yeah. you, you're just, you, you, you have other things going on in your brain. Yeah, try Korean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, is there, uh, I know that we kind of got caught off in the middle, like uh, just before we were kind of starting. Is there any questions that you, that you had for me that you wanted to talk about? I know you had a couple things you were, uh, you were asking me about. Yeah, one of the things I was really uh, impressed by was I went and looked at some of your, your catalog and stuff. And I just like how... Um, you guys seem very natural and you have by the way your artwork of the wolfman and the the vampire like, who did that um so that was a fiver um i went okay. out and just kind of uh was like okay so i need some artwork that. and i yeah found a guy that kind of had some stylistic stuff that i liked so i was like hey you know, this is, you know, I want a werewolf, a vampire, a hunter, and a, a mage <laughs> sitting at a table, rolling dice, you know, with, with some tabletop kind of stuff going on. And, uh, and, a, and a revolver. And a, <laughs> you know, just to make sure that, you know, everybody <laughs> knows. <hunter>. it's <laughs> The silver bullets. Just in case shit gets down, you know, like we gotta... <laughs> yeah, somebody contest a dice roll. <laughs> He's, he must be the dungeon master or whatever. But what oh. I liked is, uh, from you guys is that you guys were um, uh, really into other things. It's not just Eve Online. You are into, or, or you interview people that are from different spectrums of this imaginary world kind of environment. So I thought that was super interesting. What's that like? Yeah, no, it's been it's been really interesting to getting involved into because, um, you know, when we kind of got involved in this, the first, you know, episode of Crossing Darkness is like, OK, we're running a Gen Con event. You know, it's a th this huge 40 person, four tables, 10 people at each table we'll have 10 vampires, 10 werewolves, 10 hunters and 10 uh, mages that are all going to be you know, fighting the epic darkness is Madison under siege and it's like the end of the world and, you know, everybody's, you know, out of this world of darkness type of uh, game that we kind of set. So we were like, okay, let's just make sure that when people come to the game, they kind of have like an idea of what's going on because we, we, we were doing it as like a one shot, but a one shot that will continue next year. You don't have to play even the same character next year um, or come next year, but we're going to continue the story using all the stuff that you guys did and say, okay, in year two, Based upon what happened in year one, we have a new one shot for you. Um, and so it was about year two that we started making and wanting to get into the idea of making sure that people knew what was going on. So when they arrived at the game, they could, we even had like a, you know, 
tell us if you arrive at the game and you give us this code word, we'll give you like some special stuff to your character for uh, for listening through the entire like two hour podcast that we did that was focused on that. Um, so, but it ended up like being kind of one of these things that we started running out of stuff to do, and we kind of took a break for a while. Um, we kind of picked it back up. We were like, let's talk about different books and different settings and different stuff. Um, but I was like, you know would be better is getting other people onto our podcast and have them talk about all the stuff that they know. Um, so I just started reaching out to um, my, one of my first guests that I had on was Rick Hines. I ran into him at a convention. I was like, hey, we run a podcast. Um, you want to come on sometime and talk about the stuff that you're doing with um, with his you know whole world that he was creating and all the tabletop games and all the um, you know LARPs and stuff that he was running. So he came on to the show, um, and then when we started back up, I, you know, brought him back on, and it's just been really interesting meeting the the whole community of, because I've been trying to, for, for the most part, for a lot of Crossing Darkness, we've been trying to hit up other podcasters, other people that are storytellers and stuff like that, so yeah. we've been just kind of posting on Facebook and stuff and just trying to be like, hey, if you're interested in telling us about what you do for storytelling, if you play Dungeons and Dragons or Vampire the Masquerade, um, we're, we're heavily into like the World of Darkness stuff, but we've been kind of opening up to just more general gaming um, and just trying to get into the concept of just trying to grab up all different types of people. You know, we don't we don't need you to be famous to come on here or even have any reason to come on other than you just want to talk about games. You know, you like you like Dungeons and Dragons, you play a whole bunch of it, you got a bunch of stories from you and your buddies. Um, that you just want to get out into the ether and you know this is a, a portcullis for you to to shout into um, and when we're happy to, to broadcast that for you yeah it's really about I kind of feel like we're kindred spirits because you're you're interested in other people you're interested in their stories you're interested in their perspectives and and it's all around these virtual worlds and imaginary worlds it's uh, it's I guess it's role playing but it's also, um, true. Very. There's a lot of truth in role playing. A lot mm -hmm. of times, people put on masks to unleash their true self, and I, I feel like this is a really interesting place to uh, to meet people and to and to find out like what motivates them and stuff. So, in that sense, I feel like we're kind of on the same path. And I liked how you guys are not just Eve, but other things as well. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I've, I feel that as well. I definitely, I really like a lot of, you know, and I kind of take have, have taken influence to a certain degree, definitely from um, what you've done and a lot of other um, e-podcasters and, and just in general, um, other podcasts and stuff. But it's been, you know, it's something that I'm like, I was talking to one of my buddies, I was like, you know, I should have got into talk show host business, like when I was younger. And then I thought about it for a second, like, there's no way I could have got into talk show host. And he's like, not with yeah, that attitude. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, because no. They, they just, I mean, with the internet now and podcasting and stuff, I can just shout into the ether and, you know, some people listen and that's cool. Uh, but I just, I don't even know how I would start to become, you know, I guess I'd have to be like a comedian or something first is all the they talk show hosts start, that I know. They, they all start different ways. Right. Letterman started as a weatherman, you know, so it just, it's all different ways. Uh, entertainment business in general is people just come at it in from different directions uh, Wes Craven is a director I used to work with when I first started in Los Angeles and he was an English high school English teacher uh, and he became an editor so he was an editor for film and I mean like cutting film and stuff and 
And one day the director quit. Uh, and, and so the producer's like, well, what do we do now? Hey, you look like you know what you're doing. Why don't you finish this film? And so Wes Craven finished, I think it was Last House on the Left. When he started out as the editor, he ended up ending up as a director. And that that's just how his career started. So it's it's really entertainment kind of picks you to, you know, to to do it. Mm -hmm. But these days it's so democratic because we have the technology to put our message out and we have the capability of having people find us not in real time. So somebody can look at this a year later and say like, oh, here's an old interview. Of I don't know who these guys are, but they're talking about stuff that's funny and interesting. Mm -hmm. And I love that aspect. It's like a little, it's like you're leaving treasures behind on a path that somebody may walk down someday. Uh, but for yeah, us, I it's that creation. I always find it interesting when somebody goes back and checks out like our first episode, which is like our, you know, most popular episode, because it's just, you know, like that's, you could, you see our podcast, you're like, oh, well, what's, what's that first episode that, the, you know, and I always cringe a little bit because I'm like, ah, oh, that first episode. Not that was. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just working things out. That's, right? not, that's not a representation of this podcast anymore. Yeah. yeah, we're totally different. I feel like the first four years were all practice for like the fifth year of talking in stations like so we made so many errors and uh we benefited from so many people who helped fix up the whole thing that it if we look professional and sharp and like you know wow this is so easy for them it's because we've made all the errors that you're gonna for years we've made all those and right. that's why we're here now yeah. Yep. No, that's uh, it, it's it's an interesting path for me. It's one one of the things with me was I I went to from like okay I'm gonna like you said cut it and like get all of you know like check the audio make sure that's all good and you know like record it ahead of time and put it out on a podcast later and um, that was all like the beginning of Crossing Darkness and when we when we stopped doing it it was because it was there was so much to it you know there was so much editing just to get one episode out a week yeah. was like we were spending hours and there was arguments about you know who's doing yeah. editing and and stuff like that of like you know and this needs to be better done and da 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 so when we started back up i was like fuck it we're doing it live and that's it <laughs> and that's it we're just gonna cut it from whatever the fuck happens i don't care about pauses and ums and ums i just want a natural flowing yeah. conversation with a human being and we can just talk about whatever you know is cool um and you know and try and keep it focused on gaming um but i, I do love how you seem to have a very uh analytic like you analyze humans very interestingly and I, I i enjoy some of the breakdowns that um that you kind of just have on your kind of point of view on how humanity reacts and acts based on you know what's what's happening and you know a lot of it's of course in the eve context but um it's always interesting that you 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 seem to be a person that has the ability like you said to be a researcher you understand you not only have you just take like i'm i'm a person that i love i like researching i wish i could do it better but i'm just an in the moment human like i just take mm -hmm. whatever's coming to me and i kind of just go with my wits roll on everything instead of yeah. my intelligence but you seem to be able to mix intelligence and wits in a way that's uh quite impressive well thanks you it, it, actually it's eve online also specifically is hard to research because it's easy and hard because it's easy because it's digital right so there's a lot of digital footprints that you can trace but a lot of the stuff has subtext and then you have sub subtext, you know, like what was the idea here 
wait a minute, you mean they were actually trying to do this? So it was just a manipulation? And then you think, oh, wait a minute, it was a double cross, you know, like there's just so many layers of it. And then you have a real delicate balance between what's real, what was true, and what was revisionist history after the fact, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I, I did this, you know, this guy built a whole bank. I, I can't really get into it because I just don't know the details. Other people might. But he builds this, this whole bank and does all this stuff, becomes so much work that he's like, forget it. I'm just cleaning everybody out. And he steals it all and says, oh, it's all a big scam. And I'm thinking, no, it wasn't. You tried, you got fatigued, and then you decided to make it this master plan so that nobody would be like that mad at you because, you know, that's what happens in Eve. These master <laughs> plans come true. It's like, no, no credit for that one. Yeah. Like if, if you want credit, you got to like show your work that I meant this heist to go the way it did, which is what was so beautiful about uh, the, uh, it's called Murder Incorporated, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That's the article that just came out. It happened in 2005. It was written about two years later, 2007. And think about that. Something happens in 2005. It's written about two years later. Mm -hmm. And that article was called Murder Incorporated. And it's brilliant. It brought a lot of people to the game and it kind of redefined and gave life to EVE Online way past what it might have without that article. Pretty so, sure I remember reading that article. Yeah, it was a beautiful heist. Sexy as hell. Like it was just had everything in it and it was all pre-planned and executed on a certain command word in comm. And it was like just brilliant. And you get credit for that. That's amazing. And that's what inspires everybody to come to EVE Online and say like, I can do that. I think, let me try. And that's why this game is so professional. It's like totally next level planning and execution and stuff. Yeah, no, I found that to be really interesting because I live I live in Madison, Wisconsin. So there's a lot of lot of Eve players that. here. That city's amazing. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, we are 77 square miles surrounded by reality. Um, you guys all get to play in reality. That's fine. We get to live in a magical alcove of, of mages yeah. and vampires it's and like werewolves. Elfland. <laughs> I swear to God that if I if I threw on like a costume that was like a full werewolf costume and just walked down State Street, I would just get people waving to me and just you know like <laughs> you, you, like, you do it. <laughs> yeah. like I mean besides hurting people or something, you know like Ma Madison's yeah, yeah. very welcoming kind of uh, kind of place. Um, and so there's goop that happens um, or did happen here, um, you know, twice uh, annually. Um, so I got to meet up with a lot of the bigger people and kind of hang out with them and see, uh, you know, kind of what it's interesting to see them in the real life and just also to see how much planning happens inside of the real life. Like you, you just see and how much it's like, OK, we're not going to do any planning. We literally have to set aside a time that like nobody can talk. If you talk about Eve, you take a shot like <laughs> oh like get get out of your head right like yeah uh so yeah it's 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 always interesting to see the you know the backdrop of the community of of eve and that's something that's kind of kept me going in eve quite a bit um unfortunately with with covid and everything that's been going on there hasn't been as much activity um or any really in in madison as of late during that but i'm interested to see you know how when when things come back alive in in the universe to uh to hang out with people and just talk about eve online um you know once a month 
you know, again, it's it's always been um, a blast just to all the different types of people that you can meet that kind of just, um, you know, come into this game or into this into this world and, um, you know, really yeah. cool people. So, yeah, some quality professionals and uh, some unsavory characters, too. Like, I I've run into some really unsavory that it's like there's nothing exciting about that that's just ugly right know? but i've run into many more brilliant astoundingly brilliant people i've worked in a lot of things where i run into talented people and uh i won't lie they're not a lot but eve online definitely has some people that are just you can see that spark like they are just next level thinkers um yeah and, uh, you can tell they grasp they grasp things quickly they process them quickly they're able to uh to look at things from different views quickly like they are they're the real thing so if you're an eve online and you're being competitive and you're playing against other people you're playing against some of the smartest gamers out there older guys too right like yeah no the eve's, eve's population is much like i was i was thinking about it a little while ago is like a lot of like teenagers at this point is i've been playing the game for 15 years so I literally have to be in my 30s in order to in order to have played this game for 15 years, and that just blows my mind. Where I'm yeah, like, right. wait a minute, how old am I actually? Oh, damn, I'm getting yeah. I'm getting up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which actually, but, I don't mind that too much. I'm one of those humans that's like, I can't wait to be the old guy shaking my stick and with all the cool technology all around me. Get off my lawn, put the visor on, and just go <laughs> with Eve online virtually. <laughs> go back to your work. <laughs> well, I, I think about it, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the really good FC start out at you know really young, sometimes a little too young, but young teenagers and they're really good at video games and so they are really good at fc'ing and stuff but at a certain point you have 15 year olds yelling at 50 year olds to get in line you know like get in line or we'll blow you up and the 50 year olds like okay hold on a second let me just hit my let me find my return key or something and so where do you see that in the world not very many places so it's a really interesting dynamic but i find that the leaders the leaders of men are all older and they're established and they mm -hmm. are charismatic in real life you don't become a leader of a group if you're a flunky uh that has behavioral issues or whatever you have to have a certain attraction and charisma and and make tough decisions uh to to lead groups so those positions are usually filled by older people yeah no I, I can definitely agree with that and like mintani has tons of of charisma that just oozes out of that man <laughs> like uh meeting him in person is always it's always uh or hanging out with them and going like i've played board games with them and like gone gone out to clubbing with them and stuff like that and it's always always it's a blast clubbing crew. <laughs> back in the day when there were clubs yeah he did a, i'll tell you a funny insight uh but when I was sitting there in the chair with, I was sitting next to Scion. It was like a suite in Hollywood, Hollywood. It was a suite in, uh, but uh, Las Vegas. And I hate Las Vegas, by the way, right? But uh, so he comes over and he says, we're going to go out tonight and we want you to join us. And then he basically whispers in my ear, think very hard before you decide or something like that. And I'm looking at him like, dude, I worked in Hollywood. Like, I'm not going out with you. I've already... Yeah, there's nothing I'm going to see that's going to impress me, okay? <laughs> like, I worked in Hollywood for 15 years. I'm not going to go and hang out with you guys at party, party or whatever. So I drove home uh, that night. I actually just wanted the interview. I was way more interested in the ordinary man than I was like the 
<laughs> fantastic. But but whatever. I found Scion to be really compelling. It was just like Scion. Scion's cool. <laughs> I, I I enjoy. You know him, right? Probably. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, because he's up there. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I've uh, played D and D and Mage the Ascension with him and stuff like that. Did oh, some storytelling with that uh, with him. Um, he does some really cool D and D type stuff. Um, yeah. He's 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 a really cool guy. See, that's why I honestly felt when you invited me to do this, I was like, uh, okay, let me check them out. So I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, these guys are like the real thing. They're like uh, role players, uh, board gamers or paper and pen people. And I thought, I don't deserve this invite. Like I'm the wrong guy for this invite because that's, you know, who needs this invite is like, um, Caleb would like this invite. So I was like, hey, man, you look at this. What do you think? Do you, I was going to say, do you want to go instead of because you would be perfect, <laughs> not me. And, and uh, who is it at INN? It's that kind of stuff. I envy him for that. It is. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Air, uh, air, uh, starts with an A, I think. Horrendous. 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 Yes. Yep. Yeah. Who Who's like, in a weird way, you know, in a weird way, I have to push him off because he gets pretty intense. And I think he, you know, just cannot stand fools. So he doesn't like me very much sometimes. <laughs> but in a weird way, I have this affinity for him because he reminds me of what you remind me of, which is like, you know, embrace, embrace the like inner nerd kind of thing. Like, it's okay to like play uh, D&D, you know, uh, I played it, a lot of people played it. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. So for I kind of feel like you guys, to me, are living in imaginary worlds, and you're not you're not posing, and that's so refreshing. <laughs> I love that, and that's why I think you guys you guys to me were like, yeah, I'm gonna do that interview. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, yeah, thanks a lot. That's you know that's what we're trying to go for. Is just, you know we want we want to be genuine and real, and just try and build up something that's you know. EVE Online is an aspect that's been a part of my life for 15 years, and I thought, you know, let's do some fucking interviews on EVE Online. There's some cool and interesting you're people really, that are out there, so... You're really good at it. You're a soothing <laughs> personality, right? And, you know, your equipment's all set up right, and you should do a lot more of this. This is this is great. Yeah, that's the I'll plan. I'll help you. Awesome. You know? Well, oh, that would be huge. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. That's awesome, We'll dude. talk after after the show. We'll, uh, we'll see what we can do to help you out. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just something that has just been you know like I'm just like oh, I just want to talk to people, have fun, relax. You know, don't need to you know cause any you know don't want to have sweat somebody or kind of put somebody on a hot seat. It's just like here's yeah, yeah. here's a spotlight for you, but not the hot seat. You know, it's like I don't yeah. want to. I just want to come on and have some fun and um, you know just talk about games in general. And gaming has just been such a center focus in my life it's it's literally what saved my life in general like um you know it's it's what got me into computers it's the reason why i have a good job these days and i'm not just you know doing like I, i'm literally one of those humans that can't do school like i my teachers loved me humans love me and then they present me with do like pets a, like you <laughs> pets like me like, like you, pets okay. like me a lot uh <laughs> I, I i love animals i love humans i think they i, I I love the bunch of you, you know, just a, a beautiful, beautiful world that we exist in, even though it's filled with darkness, which is why I go to like games like World of Darkness and stuff like that. It's because 
we we actually live in a pretty bright world if you look at dark world of darkness and you get into those like what if there were vampires and werewolves and other shit that was ruining our entire lives like and really yeah. controlling shit like yeah, I, yeah. i'm a pretty happy eve peasant is so yeah eve is dystopian too and, right and there eve is a, is a total dystopia to live in and it's uh the it, it's interesting because i got into like world of darkness and stuff like that and then they got bought up by ccp but i was already into eve online before and it like it was like my two worlds like merged together at one point and i was like oh this is gonna be epic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no. i'm not gonna go deep into that but i am yeah. i'm sadly disappointed that we didn't get a lot of cool stuff that i was hoping for but C'est la vie. That is the way that it is. And... Did, what did you What did you think of uh, speaking of that? Right, because you have World of Darkness, which is a vampire genre, and it's merging in with CCP, and it looks like it could be a good, you know, sister product to Eve Online, where people are vampiric in Eve Online, and they could be vampiric in World of Darkness, but that doesn't pan out, you know, because of business stuff. But then 2011 hits. What was your perspective on that shift? Because I think. That is a real bend to the path of EVE Online. What do you think about 2011? So remind me, what happened in 2011? I'm sorry. Summer of Rage was 2011, which was that Incarna was... came out, Walking in Stations. Yes. And it didn't deliver the way it was supposed to deliver. And people were like, and for what? You know, we waited all this time. And for what? Get us back to spaceships. Just put us in space, balance the game, fix the broken parts. We don't want to know anything about this, you know, walking around and dressing up in clothes or any of that. I personally think that that was uh, that was a misstep by the community. Um, I, I think that it was a miscommunication um, to a certain degree on on CCP's part to be like, we're going to focus on this and not space station or space for a lot. We're going to walk. We're going to work on walking in stations and screw spaceship stuff for like a year and a half or whatever it was. It was, right. it was ridiculous to make that statement. Um, and I think they know that, you know, and they and they got that that massive backlash from the community. But I think the backlash for the community was way too strong. Um, I think that going to if I could go to Ladai Station in Notorious and sit down and have a beer with Joe Bain virtually meet him in that outpost right right like, i'll meet you at that outpost i'll meet yeah. you at i'll meet you at the notorious cantina in ladai station come and hang out with me buy you know maybe 12 isk or whatever for a beer or whatever you know like have stupid you know super cheap and then you can make even <laughs> yeah, ones that are like a, a dollar of, of plex or whatever that you know it takes one plex to get this you know special drug that'll make your screen all fuzzy and weird and stuff like that and you can give <laughs> that your chair and and you know the the idea of like they started they had that whole you know the 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 cabin that you had the captain's cabin now, if I could invite people into that, that would have been an expansion on that. Um, it really it, huge. Yeah. It's a question of how much money was it going to take, and how much time and effort was it going to take for them to implement a full? Can I go into a station with a hundred other people, or how do you do that with Jitta? Uh, maybe Jitta doesn't get a state, you know, doesn't get to be walking in stations, or has like multiple levels that, like, you know, are all the same. Um, so you can instance that stuff out to a certain degree because a thousand people in a in, in inside of a three-dimensional environment i just it's hard 
to do that kind of stuff. Um, mm, so I could, I see that there were limitations, but there's a reason why there is only like what 10 or 5% women in this game. Um, you know, comparatively to other MMORPGs that exist out there, um, women are gamers too. <laughs> they're very, yeah. they're very big. They're 50% of the population. Um, they dictate a lot of what should be going on. And EVE Online has never catered to that. Um, and that was kind of their catering. And I think that that's what needed to, that's what needs to be done to, to really open up this kind of community. Like we have a beautiful community. I think we already have that, which a lot of just humans in general, men and women are looking for, which is this really fun community to come and hang out with. Um, you know, there's certain aspects to the community you got to kind of get used to, to a certain degree. Like nobody here likes whiners, you know, like the, the tears that come out of, of you for, for something happening to you is more likely to fuel people than it is to make them feel sympathetic to you. But when you figure out that, oh, all it takes is me asking questions and being, being a little bit harder, um, you know, thick skinned on kind of the, the aspect of losing stuff. Um, you can get just gifts of tons of stuff from people, you know, very generous community. I know I've given out millions upon millions oh, of yeah. this. To can people. you imagine if like CCP did something that attracted female players, they all arrive, like how they would be treated. It would be like Alaska uh, welcoming a plane full of women, you know, from the <laughs> States. It would just be like, Hey, let me show you around. I mean, they would just <laughs> completely redistribute wealth immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and, and it would, I would think it would be super healthy. I think there would be more stuff on building stuff, on creating yeah. empires, on creating yeah. a, a, there's so much destruction in Eve and there's so much focus on destruction in Eve. There needs to be a place of creation. And I thought that that's what walking in stations was going to be was you at least got, you know, the NPC station that'll never blow up and you'll have your, your, your room with all this cool trophies and a, a room filled yeah. with dead corpses and show off your <laughs> corpse collection um you know you you can you can go to the bar and hang out you can go to the local market and find the the shady drug dealer over in the corner that's like hey man i got the, the boost for you man <laughs> i love the idea of like you know hitting hitting a button and, and the and the door opens and there's a stack of bodies and then it closes and it's like or they all fall out and it's like oh no i gotta push that in there Excuse get a little me, bit yeah. filled up in there this one belonged to Elise Randolph. Right. <laughs> it's got the full three-dimensional, but they're kind of like, you know, frozen a little bit, but it yeah, has a little bit of look when it, you know, kind of like the, the, the implant or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Decorate the place with uh, anything that you collect. That would be awesome, I think. And then, I don't know. I, I, I feel the same way you do. And, I mean, you put your finger on it. It, it really would have opened the game up to a different player with different sensibilities different desires and even i was like i don't want to play eve it's just you're just a spaceship i can't really relate to that you know i need an avatar body because that's what i played with in star wars mm -hmm. but i think there's a lot of people that can't make that jump even if you storytell it it doesn't work you need to see your animated you know third person point of view character to bond with it better and all and i can I really say is that, that earth and beyond had walking in stations before Eve, uh, 
before or after Eve, just after Eve released. I can't remember which came before. first, but it was, it, yeah. it's like, it's like th that was their first thing that they knew needed to be the core center of, of their game was you didn't do much when you walked on their stations. You got to see other people. You got to go get some missions. You could do a lot of, I think, some of your mission uh, collection without going into a station, but they knew they needed that avatar for people to connect onto. And I do believe that removing that avatar completely remove you know all we do is get a picture now um and taking the 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 ca captain's thing and saying well nobody used it it's like well why did nobody use it you're asking that you're you're asking the wrong question you're not you're saying well uh, what can we do to to improve our game and they looked at you know walking in stations they said nobody uses this and instead of saying why did nobody use this they just removed it from the game and because i think they clearly use it in other games right so people will use avatars so we know that people will use avatars is that what we're talking about right exactly yeah. why why wouldn't what 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 is the reason why people wouldn't use their captain's quarter well nobody else could see it you couldn't you yeah. couldn't interact with any other you couldn't decorate it in any real way shape or form to personalize the environment so it didn't look any you. different than what they were seeing on their computer right so you there was there there's many it's not that it the space itself was the problem it was that the space wasn't in an interaction in any way shape or form and didn't enhance the game in any way shape or form so either you dedicate some time to it or you you rip it out and i feel like ripping it out was the wrong choice uh but i once again i'm not ccp I just feel like CCP yeah, I, does have a lot of money that they seem to be able to throw around on a lot of different projects that, um, you know. I kind of feel like they they said, we're going to repair the game. And I almost felt like, hold on, we'll fix the game. We're listening to you. We'll be back. Watch this space. And they never came back. Right. Like, we're still waiting for that. And... All we get now is balance, 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 balance. And it's like, I'm still waiting. So that probably talking in stations is almost um, a placeholder for waiting for other means of interaction that don't, that aren't spaceship pew, pew, pew interactions. Cause notice we don't do, we don't do battles and talk about the ships and talk about what munitions were used or mm -hmm. any of that kind because that's all you talk about the human elements of it talk and about it, the human element i mean imagine if you could do talking in stations sitting at a table all of you in your avatars talking inside of an eve online station you know and and being able to actually you know like it, it just would feel more real you know yeah that's why i liked your picture there of the werewolf and the vampire and you know all your logo because when i thought okay i need a logo my very first vision was almost what you drew right there except <laughs> it was space people and the thing that you said that really reminded me of our core mission at tis was what if i could meet joe baines at an outpost out there somewhere and that's exactly the mind vision i have in my head when i'm talking in stations it's that outpost way out there kind of on a border maybe low sec and it's a place where people meet and keep going but they tell each other things as they're going so you would meet joe there for a drink and he'd be like watch out for sectors you know this or that there's a there's an over infestation of um you know something or other and it's just kind of like this is the place that you trade information about what's out there that's what tis is very nice that's yeah how I thought it. 
Absolutely. That was the whole mission. Yeah. You know what would be would be interesting is if uh like getting getting that as a physical kind of space, you know, as uh, getting a station for walk talking in stations where people could come and hang out and physically hang like out with in the game yeah. in the game. Well, yeah, f physically, yeah, yeah. virtually. <laughs> I, I thought of that. I thought of that. But I was like talking in stations puts down a station. Huh? You know, it's like it's like time to penis, you know, that whole thing where mm -hmm. a new mechanic comes in and how fast can people exploit it to make it look like a penis. And sometimes that's a matter of minutes, sometimes hours, but never days because it goes so fast. So talking in stations, put down a station. It's time for destruction kind of thing. It's like, I'll get more decked immediately and it'll get blown up. Probably. See, I don't see know. but what you could do is pick an NPC in low sex station. And That's be like, just, just take that over and like, uh, you know, like Ladai and Notorious. It's a great idea. And I'm right there with you. I was going to do that. In fact, I was going to say, look, anybody wants to be a guest on TIS, you have to actually clone over to it or fly to it and park. And you got to log in and you got to be in the game while you're on this talk show. And then we're going to dress it up so that we're looking outside that station. And we're literally going to like role play it. And not role play it. I mean, you'd be yourself in real life. Right, but right. Your character has to be in game. That way, if somebody sees talking in stations on, and we say we're now in like Amatar, uh, they could fly there to that system, and like be in the same system with us. And that whole meta, meta meets game. Uh, I don't know communion to me appeals to me so much. Absolutely. Yeah, so I wanted to do that. The only problem is uh, trying to get Elo Knight to fly to like, Galente Space is like get, nobody. The the thing about Eve Online that is kind of crazy and it will always blow me away no matter how long I've been playing this game is that the travel time in this game is insane. Like the idea that like most games it's like oh go to the local bazaar that's five minutes away maybe or whatever to get access to everything you need or teleport to wherever you want to go and it's like Eve Online's like no man. Be ready for like just hours and hours of trip making and going. And especially when you first start the game and you're like, oh, I got to buy this item. Okay, I'm going to go there. Okay, I got to buy this item now. Okay, it's over in this area. You have no idea what a trade hub is. And you're just like jumping from system to system to hobble together a ship. Yeah, <laughs> Those are the oh fondest God. memories I'll have on EVE Online. Yeah. Just, just jumping. The and it's a beautiful game, though. Luckily, yeah. going yeah, yeah. from system to system, especially in the very beginning, is just like, Oh, this I could I could watch this. <laughs> yeah, I can watch this. That's watchable. But two things there. One is it's a beautiful game. I remember watching a storm planet and just listening to the music, watching the storm planet as I was just doing and I was like, I could do this all day long. And it was it was it's just such a amazing game to absorb in that way. Um, but the other thing is I tried to help a new player um, just mine something and sell it. And I realized how difficult it is. Uh, to, you know, to just to just to get around, like the concept of multiple systems and multiple trade hubs. You can go into the same system and go to the wrong trade hub, and then you're like, you know, you're three hours into just trying to get a gun on your ship. It's just incredibly, <laughs> you know, difficult at first. So, I think there's a lot of room to work there. I do have to say they did improve it a lot. Um, I feel like the the fittings, um, the the simulation, like before you couldn't simulate. You know, you couldn't do a buy all. You couldn't do, you know, this like right click on a on a assembled ship and be like, I want twenty of these atrons to be my 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 combat atrons that I'll fly around and get blown up all day long. 
uh, you know, so I think they've they've done some definite major improvements. Having uh, community fits that they you know have you know they're not they, the, the best, but have they put you know, those in yet. I believe uh, that they're. I've, I'm almost 100 percent that they're in because I see them. I, every is there once any in content in there yet? Uh, there's like, some. There's is not. There, okay. There's. There, I haven't seen it. I don't. I don't. Well, know. you remember EFT used to connect to Battle Clinic. I don't know if you remember that. Yep. And that was community fits, and that was good because you could tap it. It would take you to the fit on Battle Clinic, and then you could read the notes of all the people correcting the fit. Yeah. <laughs> so you could like get more information, and uh, it was just it was a really good crowdsourced way of. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite community fits. fit at this point. I think it's like the suggested fits that they have right it's now. Suggested it's suggested like... and approved. It's not. It's not just right. anybody's fit. It's like suggested and approved uh, by CCP. So right, but I, and they're but some I pretty know. decent. I was like, oh, this Thrasher that, that they had um, was very similar to my cockbag Thrasher. It just had tech, tech one guns instead of tech two guns, and a little bit of tank that I would just rip off of there and throw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just want, I just want to punch something in the face. That's <laughs> that's what this shit yeah. is for. <laughs> I remember my friend joined this Eve Online, and he's like, hey, I just want a big gun i don't mind paying for it i just understand that about me i want the biggest gun i can get and i thought you're not gonna like this game yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's this is a little different a little bit of a different game the only time that i remember being very adamant on bigger is better was when i was like doing level four missions when i could barely get into like a battle cruiser and i was like well if i could just get into the battleship hall I'll use the stupid you know medium guns on it and i'll just have i'll have more hit points that's all that i care i just want to get through this goddamn level four mission without dying yeah <laughs> reminds me of uh, if you have a child you realize when don't have the words to express themselves they don't have the concepts either and you can see that it's not that they can't find the word but they really can't think the thought and that's what you see when a kid grows up you see them grabbing more and more complicated thoughts and it makes you super happy but mm -hmm. that's kind of what it reminds me of in eve online they don't quite have the concept to use the equipment yet but you'll get there at some point you'll be a full-grown adult and you'll be able to use all the concepts and all the ships the so right my, way so my stepdad i got into eve online and uh, it was so funny being my stepdad got into Eve Online. I'm like, you're my Eve baby. My little Eve baby, you're just so cute. He even yeah. calls himself an Eve. Am I, am I, have I grown up yet to an Eve boy yet? Like, yeah. <laughs> I wish we could tractor beam somebody else and pull them behind us, you know. I guess uh, they could approach. Yeah, anyway. Awesome. Well, uh, we're quite a bit over our normal time here just because I uh, just got lost talking with you here. Uh, been really awesome. I really want to probably get you back on here and do some more work with you definitely in the future. Um, before we go, though, is there any shout outs that you want to give anything that you want to talk about uh, before we wrap this up on here? Yeah, I said this earlier in the day today, uh, but we'll mark time uh, differently. The uh, guys at TIS that were with us um, really helped build Talking and Station over the years, and they've all served as inspirations to me, and I'm glad to be associated with all of them, uh, past and present. And I was just looking at our statistics, and we just, unbelievable, we are over a million views, uh, you know, in a 365-day cycle. And I remember hearing that on the report that you did, the weekend report. Yeah, and the uh, and we're thirty thousand uh, unique viewers every month, uh, you know. So maybe maybe they come in for one video and then take off and never come back. But that's 
pretty consistent through. I, I looked at it. I didn't know to look at these statistics in this way yet, but I think I've just looked at the sheer volume of, um, you know, viewership that has happened at talking in stations over these. And I'm just, it's just occurring to me now when I'm tired and thinking of retiring at five years because I'm doing this too long, how much that is because it's not that easy to get that flywheel effect that I talked about with um, momentum. It's very difficult to start. You, it really helps if somebody pushes you. And uh, so if we can help push other channels and stuff like that, like I offered with you and other people, that's totally what we're willing to do because it feels really good when it gets loose and you start getting into the higher gear. People start coming and finding you organically. And uh, we're just really blessed to have um, been around this long to keep to you know to, to reach this point so i want to say thank you to everybody that uh worked on talking in stations and especially the fans that kept coming back and keeping us company and setting us straight and also patting us on the back when we needed it awesome awesome yeah and thank you so much for all the stuff that you do for the community as well uh definitely um enjoy a lot of the content um that you put out there and and look forward to seeing a lot more um so thanks so much for being on the show Matterall. Um, we're going to make sure we get a link to Talking in Stations that will be inside of the uh, show notes. You can also check out our new website, um, theageofstories.com. Um, you've got links for all of uh, our different episodes that we have, projects, and links to our different or to friends of the show. So we'll definitely have you on there. Um, you know, just go to friends. You'll see Talking to Stations right in there for drop right into there. Um, thank you all for watching here. Also, just wanted to throw out uh, thanks so much for following us, uh, Habit in Gaming. Um, always appreciated, really, uh, enjoy having this, you know, ability to talk to all of you guys. Thanks Twitch for giving us the, the abilities here and, uh, Ak uh, Akathron, uh, oh, I'm gonna, never going to be able to pronounce anybody's names just to, to, to warn you all, but thank you so much also for the, uh, <laughs> tell me the... about it. <laughs> what a terrible attitude. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and drop it on off here. Thank you all and have a great night.